Beers and Tears would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land from which we conduct this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waterways and sky of this beautiful place, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present, and extend that respect to all First Nations people present today, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Welcome back to Beers and Tears. Today I'm joined with Jack from Northeast Party House. Hi, how are you this morning? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me, Vic. Hello. Do you want to just start by telling me how Northeast Party House came to be, how you would describe Northeast Party House, and I guess like your journey up until now? Yeah, definitely. Um, Started a long, long time ago, back when we were uh, in high school. Um, Sean, who's a keyboardist, he and I were in like kind of funk and soul bands. And Zach, who's a singer, he was a few years below us. And we were friends with him, but we never worked on music with him until we left school. And it was probably, yeah, the year after school when we started clubbing, going to festivals, and we were kind of exposed to dance music. And uh, indie rock was massive at the time. And that was the first time we were like, oh, we can play other kinds of music. It's not just the stuff that we were kind of taught in school. And, um, yeah, in that year, a good friend of ours, Sam Northeast, his parents went away for, I think, like a month they went overseas. And it was just a small apartment in Richmond. He One night we were out at a club and he got on the microphone and told everyone the address of his house. And people didn't leave that house for like two or three weeks and it got known as the Northeast Party House. Um, so... That was just like a kind of crazy, crazy time for us. And that was as we were starting to get into that music. So when we started the band, um, it was all about hedonism and having a good time. And we decided to name the band after that uh, that party house. Wow. And yeah, the kind of early gigs were pretty crazy. We played a lot of like warehouse parties and club nights and it was always kind of raucous. And then, yeah, over time we've kind of developed our sound and it's kind of morphed into something a bit different but still kind of with like high energy and good times as the kind of main focus of the band. Sweet. And, yeah, you mentioned you guys have been making music together now for quite some time and you're currently on tour and playing after parties after your tour shows. Um, what's kind of, I guess, the main driving force that's kept you guys sort of going for all these years and being able to create more music and play more shows and keep it fresh? Um, I think it's it's been a slow burn, but it's always moving in a forward direction. It's always, the shows are always more and more fun. Um, the music that we're creating, it's always kind of feels like it's a step up from what we've done in the past. Um, I think if it ever got to the point where it felt like it was plateauing or going the other way, we probably wouldn't you know, be able to keep together for much longer. But, yeah, when the shows are this much fun and we're kind of upskilling each time, um, yeah, it makes it pretty easy to, to keep going. And, yeah, it, it started off purely as a band thing and then in the last kind of five, six years we've done more and more DJ sets and we're all really enjoying that. So that's a whole fresh element to the band and, doing after parties so yeah there's always it's kind of always evolving um which keeps it fresh 
Um, although in saying that, we uh, we booked a four or five hour DJ set after our Melbourne show on Saturday, and in hindsight, we probably should have got another DJ to close the night because it got to like three AM and like all of our legs were just mushed from the show, like looking at each other and we're like fuck. But um, yeah, Ollie, our bass player, he stepped up to the plate and one of his mates came up and DJed with him for the final hour, so we got through it. And you released a relatively new track this year um, called Brain Freeze. Um, Yeah, how did this track kind of come about? Tell me a little bit about the process of creating this track. The Brain Freeze is from a batch of tracks that we've been working on in the last kind of 12 months. And the whole philosophy of writing and working in the band has shifted quite a lot um, post-COVID. We released an album in 2020 just as the pandemic was kicking off. And that album, we just put everything into. Like we spent three or four years, like really trying to. We kind of deliberated over every decision, and we really wanted the music to like represent us in this way. And then to have it kind of released, and then the pandemic hit. It was kind of deflating. And when we got back together last year to start working on new music, we agreed that it had to just be easy, and we had to just like kind of go into the studio with an open mind and just have fun at the forefront and you know if you're feeling a certain direction don't worry too much about the genre or you know the sounds that you're going for just get in there and yeah have fun with it and that was one of the first tracks that got finished with that kind of new way of thinking and yeah kind of the verses are very rock and roll the uh, choruses are very dance music so it's kind of right in that middle section that we've kind of always tried to the two worlds that we're jumping between it feels like both of those are kind of married on this track um yeah and the reception at the gig was was like the first time we've played it since it's been out and yeah it was so much fun Uh, got a huge crowd response so yeah lots and lots of fun and i guess yeah what are some of the after creating shelf life three years ago and also working on it for like three or four years prior to that what are some things that I guess going into these new batch of songs would you sort of do differently or like try and improve um in comparison one very simple thing is working to deadlines so on the first on the last album shelf life it was we had deadlines but they were kind of we missed them and we were okay with that because we just wanted to get it perfect. So I guess um, trying to work together towards deadlines, um, which is actually freeing. It sounds like it would be kind of uh, constricting, but knowing that you've got to get it done, it's like I guess you probably you don't sit on certain decisions as long as you would. It's just like, all right, this is feeling good or like, not sure about that part, you know, what else you got? And it's kind of a quicker way of working. Um, and I think it's actually like it, it's the results are quite different. Like there's much different kind of genres coming through. I think a lot of that is Zach, the singer, he's um, probably open up to trying different ways of singing, different ways of writing. Um, so his writing has been really interesting on this batch of tracks. It's um, really cool to hear like a kind of different, yeah, different songwriting style from him, I guess. And what have some of your, like, I guess, influences or what have you guys been listening to this time around? Um, I feel like a lot of UK music. Um, I'm going to struggle to, like, to think of specific references. But um, 
you know, there's actually been like a bit of hip hop, a bit of R and B, which is not something that we've really entwined with our music in the past. And then we've kind of got our kind of go to dance artists that we've loved, like the Chemical Brothers or Underworld um, artists that kind of mix live elements with electronic music. Um, and Sean and Zach have been driving this batch of demos, and they both do keys, they both uh, work on vocals, but neither of them are guitarists. So the demos kind of are starting with like drum machines, synths, and vocals, and then the rest of us are kind of getting our flavor next. Like we'll come in and try and squeeze guitars in there and do live drum takes. So, yeah, they take on a few different forms and then you kind of get this end result, which is a kind of mix of all of our personalities and tastes. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. I feel like that 90s, like, electronic sound is sort of having a bit of a resurgence at the moment. Like, you've got, like, Chemical Brothers and LCD Sound System and, like, that whole vibe feels like it's coming into fruition a little bit more at the moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. Uh, still listening to those artists 20 years from like when I first discovered them um and they're still releasing really good music there's a new Chemical Brothers track that came out that I'm just um but also more modern music I guess like in the past um we wouldn't have released a track without live drums we thought like we're a band it needs to have all of us on it but Cranky Boy which we released last year it's all um it's all drum machine sounds and samples and yeah so that's just another way that we're like look whatever the song feels like it wants to do that's cool with us we're not going to like limit it to like no we're a six-piece live band it needs this and it needs that it's kind of like it's feeling good as it is that's the track and then we'll kind of rework it for a live setting yeah cool how does it feel kind of reworking that songs like that into a live setting um now that you've kind of given yourself the opportunity to not necessarily need it to be a live element when you're recording it's, it's actually really fun. Um, we, yeah, we get in the studio together and there might be a track that doesn't have guitars on it and we'll kind of dig through the synth parts and work out what could be played by a guitar. And then, you know, you've got to kind of work out what pedals and what effects will help you kind of get the same feeling of that part but also still be true to a guitar. Um, so, yeah, it's like a fun extra creative process that um, that we go through. And live drums just, it does, it kind of gels it all in to make it feel like our live set. So even if it doesn't have live drums on the recording, it just kind of, it's the glue that makes it work for the live show. Do you find that like it kind of almost gives the song a new life when you get to like rework it into creating a live element of it? <clears throat> um, not like a, it doesn't change that much, but it, it lifts the energy and yeah. yeah does give off a slight it is a little bit different but um yeah we try and still keep the core elements the same so that if people you know have heard the track and they're into the track and they come along you know it's not completely different although on this um on this tour sean and mitch they've kind of reworked a whole bunch of old tracks and kind of brought them up to suit the more recent material so we've kind of changed tempos worked on production elements um to make the whole set kind of a bit more fluid and concise and kind of flow into it. We have lots of transitions, there's kind of less breaks. Um, so, yeah, the music has actually taken on a bit of a new life for this tour, which has been awesome. Yeah, cool. And what's been like a crowd favourite track in your set? Um, 
brain freeze was actually crazy. Um, it was really cool to, yeah, to, it was because the first time we've had that response from the track and everyone was singing along, everyone was bouncing. Um, our lighting guy, Tim, who's been with us from the start, he planned like a, some really cool lighting moments for that track too. So, and I had like, apart from Sean, who was working alongside Tim, none of us had kind of seen what he had planned. So we're on stage for the first time and all these crazy lights were going off. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a vibe. So yeah, that's, that's definitely been a good one. Um, and Domino's has, has for the last couple of years been a huge one for us as well. Sweet. And you've got Dream Machine coming up. Um, who, I guess, who are you keen to see on the lineup? And also what can people who are attending Dream Machine expect from your set, your live set? Um, to be honest, we're not even sure what to expect because we've never played a show in Bali. So we're super excited to kind of see the setup. Um, we're staying at the hotel that the festival's hosted at, so it sounds like it's going to be a pretty wild weekend. Um, yeah, really keen to see how it all goes down. Um, we're pumped for it. This this tour that we're doing, it's mostly just one night at a time. Like it's consecutive Saturdays, we go to one city and then we come back. But Dream Machine, we're all going to be together for I think like five or six days. Um, so yeah, really excited to just be around each other for that extended time. Play. We're doing a couple of DJ sets and the live set. Um, and as far as other artists, Girl Talk, who's on the lineup, I really wanted to see him back in the day and I never got to. And, yeah, I feel like kind of mashups and that kind of high-energy dance music is kind of, yeah, that's made a kind of resurgence lately too. Um, so, yeah, really pumped to see him. Unreal. And my final question is uh, you guys have played – quite a number of shows at this point in time what has been like a standout highlight gig that you guys have played and also just a time where it's gone horribly wrong and it's just been a bit of a gig horror story i'll start with the horror story um we did our first ever european tour and that went really well it was probably like at that point it was the highlight of the band like we were traveling through europe playing shows and it was like life felt like it couldn't be much better um but then on the trip home it took us like a couple it took us like three days to get home we split up for a week i was in morocco um one of the guys was in india we all kind of took a week off and then had to come back to melbourne to get our gear and then fly up to queensland for this festival i think it's called jungle love and it was like two hour drive from the airport in the jungle we got there we had a headline slot and we started and our instruments were like out of tune from the heat. We were all just so like sleep deprived from the crazy journey that we came in on different notes, like out of key with each other. And it just didn't fix itself. It took us like half a track to kind of get on the same page, tune up. And like from that moment, we were just all rattled and <laughs> just so tired. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd was really lovely. I think it was like the last night of the festival. So people were, you know, probably pretty drunk and just up for a good time. So I don't know if they felt how bad it felt for us, but um, yeah, we kind of left that one. Like, that was that was a slog. Yeah. And, geez, highlight shows. Um, it's kind of hard to, to choose between a, like a headline show or a festival because there are festival shows where the crowds are so much bigger than you expected and it's 
the energy is just incredible and those moments you kind of get butterflies and they're probably some of my favorite moments and then yeah we haven't toured for a while and touring just this weekend in Melbourne and kind of having fans who know every single song it just feels like this real special connection in the room so a bit of a boring answer I haven't given you a specific gig but um yeah those headline shows uh they feel quite special so yeah, we've been lucky, lucky with those in the last couple of years. Unreal. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Thanks for having me.